Good morning. And Hello and welcome. Good morning. I liked how you said good morning then. Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly study group that we're going to do where we're going to figure out the difficult technical document together <laughs> as well as have a relaxed chat. Uh, my name is Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. This week we're going to look at because we've done, we've done a bit of had tos, we did a bit of a free swim last week, and this week Ivanka sent me this thing. It was like, right, I'm trying to read this, and it's called the Silver Gun Hypothesis, which is an economic theory that takes in some sort of like scientific concepts, and is uh, yeah around sort of like uh, climate change and carbon use, carbon costs, that kind of thing. I am um, I would struggle to summarise it due to the fact that I've been trying to read it I don't quite understand it so we're going to read through it together you've had a look at it right what do you I have what's had a your, look at it. what's your feeling what's your what do you reckon it means <laughs> uh, I don't know <laughs> That's like, so well, how did you come across it I came across it somebody uh, who is very active in the Extinction Rebellion uh, I had a coffee with her and she said, I keep getting sent all these things and I don't know if I don't have time, I don't have the brain space or the time to understand if they are bullshit or not, mm. was the right. premise. Uh, and then I said to her, oh, so uh, it, so then um, she just sent me the link. Uh, so then I tried to read it. <laughs> then I was mm. like, I don't know. Because I think it <laughs> suffers from that thing where... It has a lot of technical language, which yeah. you don't know if that's disguise if that's an emperor's new clothes type mm. disguising something that's fundamentally vacuous but has lots of technical language, or is it clever? And in the same conversation with her, I was like, "But have you read the Donut Economics book?" And she's like, "Oh no, people keep going on about that." And I was like, "Don't you don't need to read it? Just watch the video." <laughs> so mm. She's like, "I haven't got time." So anyway, so I think there is a bit of a, I think. So fundamentally, I've un understood it to be in the same way that the donor economics uh, model is, is that simply doing carbon offset or uh, carbon taxes hasn't and doesn't do enough to curb carbon usage and to help stop raging climate change. Mm. So that's the starting point. Both yeah. of these things, like, right, we've got to do something more and something positive, positive action forward. Uh, the, 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 the threat of taxation hasn't done enough mm. and probably never would because it doesn't... Because mm, you can offset... Costs get offset differently. And the other concept that both the models bring in is this idea that nature in of itself has some value to us. Right, yeah. I think so that's how so like um in that talk with the wizards versus prophets talk <laughs> do you mm. remember that the, that one where there is like um the whole technology will save us versus knitting our own socks will save us she says disparagingly but the 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 wizard's solution where we all live elevated above a poisoned planet devalues nature and the yeah. value that it gives in our lives so and I think both the Kate Raworth donut economics model and this thing place the health of the planet 
more centrally into the maths. Yeah, and they play, they sort of quantify that, don't they? Yeah. I think, but, and like Brink put that into the equation, whereas traditionally we're sort of not necessarily doing that. Yeah, well, we don't need to explain it all right now. It's just okay, the yeah. intro still. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the intro, people. <laughs> that was the intro. It's it's uh, there's entropy. There's you know there's there's, there's I found Lots. some diagrams. There's lots of there's, words. They've used a picture of a gun. Big that's, words. That's a, that's a thing. Um, but yeah, we, we want, I think there's um, like as we have one of the issues with climate change being not well understood is just sort of it's often in the hands of academics to they sort of publish papers that the rest of us just can't understand so actually the volume of kind of good understanding clearly explained climate science is not it's not that accessible it's quite hard to find so if we can sort of help untangle some of that (laughs) make it a bit more straightforward which i think is a strength we both have then maybe that's that's going to be useful yeah Uh, but yes let's uh play the music and then ask about each other Beautiful, Michael. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've had the real answer before the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, how's it going? I think I'm coming down with something. I don't feel oh, very well. God. I've got that feeling of like a hot head and a sore throat, but I'm not actually ill. I just feel like I've something's attacking me mm. and I'm fighting back. With my ninja skills and ginger tea. <laughs> ginger tea. <laughs> I was going to make myself Sheesh. another coffee, but then I walked downstairs and the timer's gone off on the coffee machine already. I was like, oh, I'm not waiting for it to warm up again. Mm. I don't have time. There is no time. There is little. What well, time is an illusion, though? Did you know that? I do. Time is an artificial construct that doesn't mean anything. I've got a grand podcast mug. I and I don't, I don't think I needed to leave this middle bit blank. No. I just got confused by the template. Um, but the first draft of it, it's actually come out really well. Um, although they sent me two mugs. I ordered this. I did this design for the mugs. I ordered two. And the first one, I, and then I got it. And I opened one and it was, it was this a rainbow and it said pan and perfect. And I was like, this doesn't seem like the mug I, I designed. <laughs> and I opened the other one and it had, um, yeah, the, the design I did. Uh, I, I did look into it and Pan and Perfect is a pansexual pride thing. So now I've got a nice pansexual pride mug at home. Oh, very good. As a, not necessarily a practising pansexual, but uh, perhaps certainly excited that they exist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race this week as well, so that's been uh, flipping heck. Because I heard on The Guilty Feminist it had a bit of that uh, Queer Eye juice, a bit of that. You're going to be like, what? And then you're going to be like, ah! And I did properly cry. Really? <laughs> the first episode I saw. Uh, just this poor guy. This, I mean, he's just like living it, living it large, bitches! And but then all of us. Sudden, 
and like you know all sort of dragged up and then he's sort of like so you know what's your life been like well i just got out of prison and it's like i just i sort of imagine the police kind of like being mean to him and just going why can't we just all get along (laughs) anyway that was a digression (laughs) but back to the mugs so i quite like how the designs come out but unfortunately this one Hmm. You sort of have to drink out Donald Trump's face. <laughs> it's like you sort of have to kiss him a little bit every time you take a sip of coffee. So um, I'm going to be leaving. But one of the reasons I got these was because I'm moving out of this studio, which is 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 um, occasionally visited by influential people, I think, mm-hmm. some pop stars and the like. Um, so I wanted to make sure there was a couple of our mugs in the kitchen cupboard so that uh, once I leave, I will still remain. But they can have the Trump kissing ones. <laughs> I'll get us some better ones. And um, hopefully, like I quite like this because they come out like a fiver, six quid kind of thing. So mm. merch, we, I may put a merch link down if you want one of these mugs. Get some merch because it's nice. Anyway, <laughs> was, it be- like kind was it better than the bags? Yeah, well, the bags came out like we did do these tote bags, but they they I, it was all a bit too small and the print didn't really come out. And I haven't really figured out how to improve the design. I think it just the bags probably just need to be grand podcast. Yeah. This is a podcast. Um, very big because uh, whereas I think the mug, like if you just sort of find yourself with one, you're going to be you sort of see. You'll be drinking at it. It's just be a mug, but the, the URL is on the side that you drink from, so you might kind of be like, Grand if you're right-handed. Yeah, obviously we hate left-handed people. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it still has Grand Podcast on the other side, just not the URL. Anyway, no. that's uh, that's the mug. <laughs> After yeah, I've been thinking about ego challenges. Yeah, last week we were talking about you know ego and stuff. Yeah, ego and um, stuff. I'm worried that you think I am uh, threatened when you get on my turf and do something creative that is successful. And I am also worried that I think that as well. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I do. I, it is like I'm like I spent, you know, I spend all my time trying to kind of make something that people care about. And then you just like type up some shit that just comes to mind and suddenly thousands of people care and I'm like why it's not fair I worked really hard <laughs> that's illustrating that you haven't quite embraced this whole ego thing exactly exactly <laughs> and I and I have um I have started to kind of I'm starting to become more mindful of when that ego my ego attack defense thing and it's like this kind of like clenching of this muscle in my sort of core it's like this i think it's a protective i think it's like it's it's an echo of a younger time where maybe i felt like my intelligence was all i had kind of thing the only thing and that that had to be protected at all costs because otherwise there would be nothing you know yeah, i would have yeah. no value whatsoever but now i'm like i need to just be like i have value beyond that and it's fine to be wrong or beat someone to think i'm wrong even for a moment that's okay <laughs> so i'm trying to do that and i was and the, the other test i kind of had this week i realized that i could practice to kind of exercise that muscle is just listening to music oh because I music listening to me has become quite a. I don't listen to music while I work because I just 
it distracts me and sort of I get angry. If it's mediocre or boring, I'm like, why is music so boring? Why doesn't anyone want to hear anything I make? You know, or like I hear it and it's doing something that I wouldn't have thought of. Something. I mean, that's I like that, but then that's distracting because it kind of sets this other thing off. But it is all very much I'm immediately comparing myself to my work to anything I hear, and that's just like it means that I can't. But I thought like maybe if I put some music on and just kind of like do that mindful inspection of it instead of just identifying with the emotion, just kind of observing the emotion instead. But anyway, so I'm having a go at the old ego thing, so I think partly inspired by reactions to some of your successes because I want to get into that. enormous success. Yeah, it was good. It was and good. I, it's, I just want to get some equanimity going in my life because it looks good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I did my uh, Sussex Uni teaching yesterday, mm. which I quite enjoyed. Uh, I do enjoy. I was a bit sort of like, oh, why have I agreed to do this again? Because it's going <laughs> to take, you know, it's going to stops me getting paid for a whole day on another day of the week. And blah, blah, blah. and then, but it is nice going. I mean, they're so, so I gave them a choice of briefs this year. And one of mm. them was the done good because I'm only doing a project with them there is no pretense that I'm an academic there's no pretense that I am going to teach them the theory of something it is purely a, a lab-based activity you know mm. let's, and so I got them all uh, looking up um, all the different apps so I've now now got added this uh, all the different they went for the do goody one uh, I, I may have <laughs> manipulated that result <laughs> By going, you could do this really boring brief. Or you could do this really interesting brief. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to be clear that this is the one I think is more interesting. But you can do the other one if you want. Anyway, Ivanka, is this all above board? <laughs> is this some sort of child? Like, how old are these people? Uh, <laughs> is this exploitative? Are we uh, getting away with something here? I don't think so. They can write their own brief. They don't. I mean, anyway, it's just about. I was like, you need to. We, we you have to make a thing. That is the bottom mm. line of this twelve-week pro- project. So whatever happens on the last day, I want to see a thing, and uh, you can choose like what your definition of done good is. What your what kind of encouragement system you want to create? Is it about mm. me being good to myself? Blah, blah, blah. So they did, but they then. They were they already were using quite a few of them. This thing called Forest app, mm. which um, if you if you while you tell your phone that you wish to not use your phone for twenty minutes, but instead of it just being a timer, it grows a virtual tree, and then mm. you earn points. So you can do it up to two hours, I think. Um, that was a that was a con, 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 that was a 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 that was a, that was a, that was a <laughs> Sorry, I looked at my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally misses your brain. I picked up my phone and it was like, oh, data, uh, what's happening? Because I just Googled that forest app. Stay focused, be present. The irony. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm going to put this on Do Not Disturb as well. Um, sorry, um, what was that? Yeah, like the tree growing metaphor, the tree growing kind of graphic thing was something yeah. that I had in a different design of Done Good, actually. So yeah. I quite like I, it because I it's a bit that. of a softer kind of yeah kind of presentation but i also like the sports like competitive thing as well they they had a that one of the nice little features that i was telling my sister about is that you can set up a room so let's say you're going for a family lunch 
you can set up a room on your phones where you and set a timer and as you're not and it all you know your room grows trees but if mm. any one person <laughs> picks up their phone <laughs> all the trees die Oh God, it's harsh. <laughs> so, Doesn't just like slowly wither. It's no, just like it sorry, like, apocalypse. The forest is dead now because you some somebody at the family lunch decided. I think we could because uh, actually, <laughs> it seems, it seems a bit extreme. Because then you're just gonna be like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> who touched their phone? Well, it'll start some family fights, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. So I've, um, and ultimately, if you collect enough points, you do get to actually plant actual real trees. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to use it a bit to work out how much not using my phone I have to do in order to plant a tree. Mm. But then I went to m- went to the pub last night with we we often go with friends who have a child the same age as as, and so it's a Thursday evening activity. But I left my phone at home and left it right. on its on the on the Foresty app because I thought right. actually well I don't need my phone so mm. that was quite nice. Did not even feel like I had to check if anyone else had liked my Twitter thread. <laughs> Which, by the way, slowed down enormously. Well, it will it's done do. now. You get a spike and then it goes. It's over. But it did days. get up to 15,000. So That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Just saying. Uh, I put my new video up, guys, people. It's about how to make projections using an iPhone from your Eurorack modular synth. So if you like that sort of thing, then you can go and watch that. I think it's a good video. But, uh, I like it's your pretty niche. things video. It's pretty hashtag niche. It is. There's yeah. a, the, guy I'm, the guy who I'm moving into a studio with, uh, another Michael. Useful. Uh, it's just going to be all white men called Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's our diversity. Uh, but he sort of does sort of making things and electronics and a bit of programming. So we're going to. He's already. I've already seen some ideas and some. You can like laser cut, get laser cutted wood things and boxes and all that. It's quite easy apparently. So I'm quite looking forward to doing some of that. But everybody, go and look at my video. It's only got 500 views on YouTube, but that's all right. That's quite I've good. Got, do you know I've got like nearly, th- what, over 1,300 YouTube subscribers now? Wow. Um, the guy who, who, who recommended me on YouTube, uh, Martin Keary, he uh, told me that like the first 1,000 is the hardest and then after that it gets a lot easier. Mm. I think the social proof emerges, which it reminds me for our um, Patreon. I sorted out my Patreon last week as well, so right. if you want to, sort to, to support that, but... Um, I still haven't sent out the begging emails to friends and family saying, can you just just do a token thing, support, even if it, it doesn't last for very long, just to give the social proof so that other people see it and go, oh, this seems to be something. And they kind of pledge because apparently people just can't make their own decisions. So <laughs> we've got to do that for, for our own Patreon. When we get this grand podcast Patreon up and running... We should do it for this podcast because we. I don't think we want to put ads on it. We want to put some mm. Patreon support, really. Don't yeah. you? Don't you want to yeah. help us? Because we're about to really add some value as we bang our heads against something horribly complicated. Yes. Although I do still have quite a lot in my list of things I wanted to bring up. <laughs> Can I bring up one more thing? One more thing before we. Because I'm not. It's not to say that we're procrastinating about this silver gun hypothesis discussion, but. I'm a bit worried about talking about it, but it's fine. Uh, but the last thing was, but my blank state video, I have not been able to get Facebook to let me pay to promote it. Um, because 
Well, the first thing was like, oh, this that, like it sort of got rejected on the grounds that it looked political. It was like this is a political thingy project, and and they sort of made me jump through some identity verification hoops and all this stuff to kind of prove who I am, and then it would say this video was paid for by blah 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 blah. So I kind of went through all that, got all that working, resubmitted it, and then they came back and went, oh no, this isn't a political thing. You don't need to do that. And I was like, so then I submitted it again. And then it was like, oh, this is a Bitcoin, a blockchain, cryptocurrency related thing. We can't be uh, advertising that sort of thing because it's uh, it's promoting a, a Bitcoin currency service. I'm like, it's not at all. Uh, and th- at that point, I was like, well, whatever. Um, maybe I'll get more juice out of telling the press that Facebook won't let me advertise this thing because Facebook's stupid than I will out of actually promoting myself. But again, <laughs> I still haven't sent the, still haven't sent any emails to anyone in press. So like, there is there is lots to despair of, I think, at the moment, yeah. which is the pro- I am on on the old Twitters. So in two separate places, uh this isn't it's sort of related, but this sort of uh anti choice gang yeah. I seem to have picked up a new theme which has come uh, to my attention on on both Twitter and Facebook which is this idea they they their their battleground is third trimester abortions which mm. is not a thing. Yeah. In your third trimester even trime- though Trump said it in his in his thing what? didn't he Tr- moments from birth, birth. abortions moments before birth utter, no one's doing that nobody's doing that nobody is doing that that is not happening so i saw so so i saw on facebook somebody had shared another one of my croatian catholic jihadi mm. gang um had got a video that was recorded in ireland somewhere of a group of maybe eight heavily pregnant women on a stage with those baby heartbeat monitors held to their stomach with a megaphone attached in a hole this is the babies talking for themselves i was like a those are healthy babies that have a heartbeat b those mums look very happy and healthy like Mm. this is not what how dare you and then some other woman so then this is not something i uh this came to me rather than me i don't seek out arguments about anti-choice or pro-choice they sometimes find me i suppose because mm-hmm. i'm a woman and so the <laughs> algorithm says hey you're a woman you <laughs> might be interested in this and then uh, on twitter hillary clinton shared this statistic that women in america there is now an increase in women dying in childbirth and pregnancy related complications things that are not being dealt with properly now i argue there, there is probably and that's a in a progressive country in a, in a, mm. in a, one of the most successful economies in the world women are dying of preventable things that are mm. that are to do with basic healthcare and so and again this is something that the the pro lifey gang the anti choice gang pile on and somebody somebody said when has having an abortion ever saved someone's life so somebody comes on and goes uh preeclampsia, blah, 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 lists a bunch of complications. Mm. And another woman comes on and goes, I had preeclampsia and my son is 40 now. And I was like, so I chipped in. I was like, please understand that you were fortunate. I also had preeclampsia, which is a life-threatening condition Mm. that you can develop in pregnancy. But I was 38 weeks pregnant, so they could, you know, 
the baby could come out and the baby was very viable and was able to survive. So I just put, please, please understand that you were fortunate. I also had preeclampsia at three at 38 weeks and also was able to have a healthy baby. And then somebody else went, oh, these third trimester abortions. I was like, what? So I actually went, hang on a minute. <laughs> Who said anything about She said, I just feel so passionately about it. I was like, no, you're shit stirring on the internet is what you're mm-hmm. doing. You're trying to make an argument not about, you know, because I know people that had preeclampsia at 20 weeks and that's it, game over. You either, you either mm-hmm. have to stop being pregnant and in which case the baby cannot survive outside of the womb or you die. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I'm going to put I'm going to put I'm going to put a preeclampsia Wikipedia link in the in the show notes because I need to just you know work out what it is. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Trump, Donald Trump. I said to you yesterday, like I do, do think this uh, this I like how the the sort of uh, triggered snowflake thing has been turned on the uh, on the right wing lot uh, up to the point that. Donald Trump is now complaining about presidential harassment. Fuck off. <laughs> That's his new term. He's, he's calling it presidential harassment. And uh, poor, what a poor snowflake. What a poor guy. <laughs> he's being harassed. Most powerful office in the world is being harassed. Poor people, guy. People oh, we all feel sorry for you. me. My favourite uh, word that I learned when we were learning Spanish was pobrecito. Which is like, oh, your poor little fig. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so if Nick winches now, I still go, oh, pobrecito. <laughs> it just sounds so patronising. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> Trump. You ready? I'm ready. Are you ready for some no. motherfucking silver <laughs> gun hypothesis? <laughs> We're going to make this exciting. It's about economics, <laughs> physics, <laughs> the environment, <laughs> finance, <laughs> growth, consumerism, sustainability. <laughs> you are on a totally different energy level to me today. <laughs> it's the like... silver gun hypothesis, Ivanka. <laughs> Not silver bullet, because there's no silver bullets. Oh, but silver guns, gun. that might work. Um, <laughs> should we just... Uh... I think I've exhausted everything I know in the intro. Well, <laughs> I think we're just going to read through it. So have you got the page up? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to... So that, that, that MAHB yeah, yeah, that one. page. Yeah. Should we just read it out? Introduction. Yeah, Many people are hoping that civilization will undergo an economic transformation for the objective of becoming sustainable over the long run. It seems reasonable to assume that a transformation that a transformational change, if it does occur, will be accompanied by a paradigm shift in economic philosophy. A paradigm shift seems reasonable in the face of the environmental and moral failings of consumerism, unrel Oh my god. When you say growth. shall we just read it out? Like, well, if you can. It's like fuck. <laughs> You know what I mean? But some of these words are quite long. Plus, they're spelt American with Zs instead of Ss. So, I mean, I can't really be held account- accountable for mispronouncing financialization. Um, global capitalism, shortcomings. They have shortcomings. Moral, environmental and moral shortcomings. This current yeah. system, can we all agree that there are some shortcomings? <laughs> I think we can agree there are shortcomings. I don't, I don't know that everyone agrees with that. Well... 
I think Margaret Thatcher thinks that poverty is a failing as a personality defect. Luckily, she's dead though. So oh. fuck her. <laughs> fuck her. <laughs> is right. Uh, so can we all agree? I think that is the fundamentally the problem that we can't all agree that there mm. are. Well, th- this is the problem with any sort of do-gooding activity. It's like. <laughs> Those those anti choices they think they're doing good, uh, so <sighs> shortcomings. I'm writing. I'm writing. Consume. I mean, I think. Yeah, I don't a, think we do. Paradigm, I think you and I agree. Yeah, <laughs> but like, how are we going to get everyone to agree to a paradigm shift? Well, we it needs to be the sort of paradigm shift that they can see what's in it for them. I guess. I I have thought about this. I, obviously, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, this should come as no surprise. I have thought about this. Um, this consumerism business, and I, I find myself, so the behaviours by which I now live, I had a in my family or, or me as a person, I had a I had a big embracing of consumerism in my mid 20s to my early 30s basically mm. because i was earning money and i could go mm. shopping and i could Hashtag buy clothes recovering in consumerist well yeah so it's like so i had this phase but then now the way i'm behaving like fixing you know like the the the, the i went through a clothes buying phase massively um and but the way i live now i I just feel like I'm living how I used to live when I was a child, which is, you know, turn the heating down, put a jumper on, switch the lights off. Do we really need a new one of those? Do you, though? What do you need that for? Um, mm. What should we do? Look after. My dad used to bang on about looking after your things. Mm. Look after your things because we can't just keep buying new ones and replacing them. Like, I mm. feel like I'm channeling my dad. Most mm. of the time when I'm walking around the house going, mm. we don't need one of those. No, why should we buy a new fridge? We can just buy a new door seal, blah, blah, which has happened recently. To us. Mm. And it's like, so so this kind of idea of paradigm shift, I don't, what I'm trying to say, I think, is that I don't think this rampant consumerism has actually been there for that long because we haven't had that economic ability. We haven't had cheap plastic shit that's produced all over, the, you know, like, Cheap stuff hasn't existed for that long. Yeah. So we watched feel- that thing on Netflix. Um, what's the thing with the 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 money? That was that show called. I mean, the, the long and short of it was these people had money. Like one of them was like a porn star type person who kind of got like was seen with Charlie Sheen at the peak of his you know um, antics. And she'd like she'd been he'd sort of given her like you know all these wads of cash and like a ball of cocaine as you know just as a tip and like things like that. And she's talking about you know that money you have all this money you suddenly go from dirt poor to living in some penthouse opposite some landmark. And um, of course, and and this other guy yeah it was this guy that was talking about money and how he just had all this money and it was ridiculous and i loved it <laughs> just using money left and right and just kind of like and now he's like having to he's like um having to hide in germany because the us don't have an extradition treaty uh because he's sort of done some very dodgy stuff in in the process in the course of his life but the, of course the moral of this all comes down to that like these people that have tasted rampant consumerism have come to the conclusion that it's bullshit yeah. and that it's not 
giving them anything. <laughs> but we all go through that. I went through that phase as well, right? Like I remember, like you get you get the job, and suddenly it's like because I, I came up not being able to have anything, yeah, 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 very yeah, much yeah, totally. of what I wanted, and suddenly I can have anything I want. Yeah, 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 completely. And suddenly, like these things that were. Like I would just, you know, I remember being really jealous of all the girls that had loads of clothes and all that kind of thing. And just being mm. able to walk into a shop and go, you know, I can just, I'm just even not going to look at how much it costs because yeah. I'm just going to have it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think that's a perfectly uh, natural phase. I think yeah. it's perfectly normal. I don't think, you know, I don't berate myself for it. I understand it. But I think that what we're um, like fundamental to surviving or even vaguely slowing down the climate mm. collapse is going to have to be an acceptance of a enormous change in lifestyle for everyone. Limitations. And it's really that's going to be that is going to for many people be like a bereavement. Mm. Yeah, but that's what I think it has to be accompanied by everybody being able to, I think, get good quality stuff. Yeah, that they don't have that doesn't just disintegrate as soon as they've used it for six months. Like that poverty thing of your poverty being sustained by the fact that you keep having to buy low quality stuff i think that sort of universal basic income promise the idea you know i was walking through like westbourne grove which has all these sort of boutique shops and um just thinking yeah like i think i kind of think all shops should be like this where someone that really cares about making that sort of thing should have be able to have the privilege to be able to kind of like you know make a really good one of it yeah. And that everyone should be able to kind of just, you know, all the products we have are just really good versions that someone really cares about. Um, instead of this sort of race to the bottom, what's the cheapest we can make it? What's the most we can, like, kind of exploit things to make something? And um, and then you'd, if everyone sort of had stuff that was a decent quality, then there wouldn't be quite such a kind of turnover and kind of having to accept that. But obviously that doesn't necessarily work for fashion and, you know, you know things like that. So. Well, fashion's got a lot to, to you know, that like, yeah, there is a lot to answer for. In yeah, terms it's an encoding of, of disposability of, you know, totally. yeah, like just throwing stuff away, yeah. making stuff planned um, obsolescence, like... Yeah, yeah, and this, you know, you know that, that sort of, you know, a, a, a top appears in Grazia magazine and it's sold out internationally within, like, 48 hours or something, mm. all that kind of shit. But... I think that what we what fundamental to it. So I'm slightly worried we're going up. We've only read one sentence. To be honest, I, I think that's fine. I think like if it takes us six weeks to get through <laughs> oh, this that's thing, fine then. So, I think that's fine. Because I because I think fu- like fundamental to this, a lot of the uh, carbon that that is being put in the air is being done so by people who have money, uh, mm. the people that can afford to fly around in private jets, blah, blah, blah. So there's a disproportionate uh, f- carbon footprint for people that have great wealth versus the rest of us. So, mm. however, we have numbers. So we, if we all adjusted our behaviour and, and chipped in and, you know, found our Dunkirk spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> and changed our behaviour, we, we, you know, there is, we could make a difference. 
However, whilst there is gross inequality, there will always be that feeling that you and I have experienced, which is now I've got myself out of poverty. I want to go through the mad consumer phase where mm. I can walk into yeah. any shop and buy some new shoes and not care and yeah. buy a second pair of shoes because I want to, not because mm. I need to. £270 for a pair of shoes? <sighs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I can do it because I've just got a pay rise and I can afford that's, it and I'm going to do that's it. That's probably hardly anything in women's shoes, is it? That's, like, that's the most I've spent on shoes. I'm sorry. Well, I, was, I didn't even I, like, they weren't even that good. They weren't even that comfortable. They were really the cloppy, embarrassing. The, the, the shoes that I've got that are, I've got a pair of boots that are, I was very, I'm very proud to say that they are over 10 years old and I still <laughs> wear them and people Excellent. still say, those are very nice boots. I need to get them fixed. There's like they, they need sewing, mm. but, but they are repairable. They are repairable, but they mm. they were basically they would have been five hundred pounds, <laughs> except I was doing a project for Selfridges, right. and they gave me a fifty percent off voucher, so that mm. brought it down to two fifty, and then because I'd done some other project at LBI, one of the client partners bought gave me £100 of Selfridges vouchers. So, yeah, I got a little thank you so much for all your hard work. Mm. I didn't know you did a Selfridges project. It was so secret. Like, it was really NDA'd to the the hilt. (laughs) Uh, That was the the user research session where, because it was, you know, obviously very, very high-end clothes. And Mm. and, uh, the woman, this woman who was a participant, she said, well, you know, when you're looking at a £2,500 dress, not you, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, fuck you, lady. (laughs) Uh, But I was like, (laughs) it was quite funny because after the session, because obviously the client and the other people on the team were behind the glass. And at the end of when she'd gone, everyone was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not you with your shit clothes well they um, believe it though they don't know they're gross I saw this I took a bit last time I walked through Selfridges almost sleepwalking I can't remember I've probably said this but this that six grand sequin covered non-functional handbag it's like come on guys like <laughs> yeah, yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point you've got to ask yourself it, do, do, like maybe yeah. there's something else to life <laughs> like, yeah, maybe yeah. there's more to life than how much is it possible to spend on something yeah um you know and not everything has to be functional not everything has to be for a reason but and i was always and i was always told growing up like there's like more expensive doesn't necessarily mean better and obviously there is some of that but yeah. that also like super cheap does kind of mean crap so it's, it's um it, it, yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, again, like all this money stuff it's not necessarily symmetrical a lack of money doesn't does make you unhappy but money doesn't then make, make you, you happy. happy. Yeah. Right. I mean, if we could create a world where everybody had that 50 grand number, the, the happiness yeah. tipping point number, yeah. that's what we really want. That's everybody what we need. That's what has we need. enough money to not have to think when their you know, trainers run out and they need a new pair of trainers <laughs> and not have to save up for simple the simple things in life, not have yeah. to get to food, but never mind the lower, you know. Um, but, but I think the great thing about my boots... One of the things I love most about them is that they are that Burberry. Mm. They're Burberry boots, 
but it's really, really hard to work out where it says Burberry on them. It's so <laughs> so they're just black leather boots, but it's so subtle. I love it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's my favourite. So the, you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed that period of my life where I could do things like that. <laughs> that so is one not... thing that those expense paying a bit more money does get you is that the logo it doesn't take up the entire. you don't turn into a billboard for a product if you just pay an extra hundred quid so so there's something about like agreeing that consumerism is morally and environmentally yeah, so we, I don't know how wrong. we're going yeah. I really don't know how we get you know yeah, like you so, can't really so, be told no. you have to kind of like experience it and, and then even then, like, it, you sort of probably have to hit some sort of wall or crash before you'll be like, you have to have a crisis to realise that consumerism isn't necessarily the answer. Yeah. Or, or yeah, 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 you do. I mean, mm. or just a life, like a realisation. I mean, I don't think, I think I was quite lucky. I don't think I had a crisis. I just sort of grew out or recovered, like grew out of it. It became, I felt more stable maybe in my new life where I could afford things hmm. I don't know because um, my, my, my kind of reduction has come from just like I you know I want more freedom than I want things yes yeah yeah I think that's yeah I mean it did us the world of that motorcycle trip mm. you know where I had you know literally the clothes I was wearing and a change of clothes <laughs> for a year <laughs> um you know it's like yeah and we had an amazing you know that that did a lot for me and I wanted to hold on to that freedom as well of not having mm. all this stuff to cart around. The way I got to sort of reduce my kind of number of possessions did involve a painful amount of landfilling shit, which is like one of the reasons you hold on to like a lot of junk is because you're like, yeah, but then if, I'm th- if I throw it out, I'm admitting to just contributing to the problem. Yeah. But it's the only way to get rid of it. But yeah, so the, the, this agreeing that consumerism is, it's the morally wrong, but mor- has moral shortcomings. I mean, the moral shortcomings are in who, I mean, there's been stories now, I'm not finishing sentences, sorry. There's been <laughs> stories recently, like how uh, one of the side effects of Brexit and our inability to buy will affect the livelihoods of people in some of some uh, countries that are already not getting paid enough. They're going to get paid even less. Uh, mm. So the, like, that, I think the moral shortcomings often come through that full supply chain of how many people have suffered. Yes, Sports Direct has cheap gear for sports day, but not only has the supply chain suffered, but the staff in the UK are on terrible contracts. Yeah. So, you know, it's that those are the moral shortcomings. But people, mm. people don't... I, I, whenever I talk about this, I think there's a couple of people in my life who are, you know, I think r- raging, rampant consumers at the low end. You know, they're not they've not got loads of money, but they've got enough money to buy loads and loads and loads of cheap things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how to broach that conversation with them to say, yeah, I know, but do you understand like how many people have suffered for you to buy that? Like, I don't know how to do that without sounding like a yeah, you know. yeah. I, d- I don't know how you, how yeah, how someone realises without being, without experiencing it. That maybe there's a maybe it's a virtual reality thing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you, we can make a virtual well, reality game. We have to go and work in a in a um, 
clothes factory and <laughs> yeah but people don't do things for the reason they shouldn't they do things for the reasons that they want to it's like smoking or anything like that like you, no amount yeah. of t- talking about lung cancer is going to dilute the underlying belief that it's relieving but, stress or kind of making you look cool yeah. or whatever but but smoking is a brilliant example of a massive behavior change that's worldwide and, yeah addiction and as a way of thinking about this stuff that is just i think it, yeah it's because it has gone from in not many years when was that when was the smoking ban here uh, ten seven maybe. Yeah, so like ten fifty. So over the course of ten fifteen years, smoking has gone from being completely normal, socially mm. acceptable, to make everybody stink, to make provision for that, for like you know smoking on airplanes and trains and God knows what, to it being like the people who still smoke now, kind of hide it. Yeah, and it is not social, sort of, and it's a bit like, yeah. oh, really? Mm. I'm sorry that you still smoke. Um, you know, and I, I know lots. Yeah. of people. I do know. I know lots of people that still smoke, and I still love them. Uh, and I, but it, but it's that sort of. Uh, it, it has become generally so, so. Whilst it's still, do you remember those videos of Venice underwater in those floods recently? Mm-hmm. And there was all these people walking with like Louis Vuitton bags, shopping bags, holding them mm-hmm. above their heads and walking through, right. like wading through a sinking, flooded I Venice. And you're like, right. you, you, you see what <laughs> you're doing your there? Wrong. That is wrong. What you're doing there? <laughs> like, a good image, isn't it? It's beautiful, <laughs> um, and it's so. Like, yeah, so a paradigm shift seems reasonable in the face of environmental and moral... Fa- so what the problem with that is we have got people hardcore addicted to consumerism, Absolutely. unregulated growth. Yeah. Right? Um, I don't know if you could use quite the same terms for financialization or global capitalism because they are both a bit more kind of... quite know what that means, but certainly you've got to kind of cure people of their consumerism addictions and growth addictions, which... <laughs> Oof, you know, so that's challenge one. That's probably why this thing's so hard to read because each sentence is like, right. <laughs> Ooh, Delton B. Chen just got back to me, oh, the writer of the article we're reading. What did he say? He says, I would like, I would really like to talk to you. I'm in a cinema right now, but how about we schedule a conversation? I'm in <gasps> Brisbane time zone, and part two of the series will be presented in March. I will email you soon. Best, Delton. Wow. Hey. Look at you reaching out to strangers on the internet and looking yeah. for synergies. Synergies. <laughs> <laughs> because the next sentence is, what is needed is a more complete vision for human prosperity, whereby humanity acts as a protector of the planetary ecosystem in a new symbiotic relationship. This is, I think this is the core, this idea that we can exist happily and healthily on a planet that isn't its full glorious ecosystem is yeah so it's it's it comes back to like you think about consumerism and unregulated growth trees don't just keep growing indefinitely no they reach maturity and then they enter into a sort of symbiotic relationship with their environment we have become addicted as as um conquerors of 
physical, of geographic space, and then attention, technological, you know, technologically farming attention. We've become a completely addicted to growing indefinitely. So you can imagine if a person just kept growing and growing and growing and <laughs> yeah, growing, yeah. and we're all like competing to be like who's ninety feet tall, and and then some of us would still be like you know five foot, and it's like what. Well, <laughs> How does that work? And you just like put that lens on it. It's so absurd. And then you see that all the processes that are involved in a self-sustaining ecosystem and look at how that stuff goes round and round. The carbon comes in, come, oxygen comes out, yeah, goes yeah. into a cycle and things sort of like hang together. But because we're addicted to this growth thing, it's just, I am Douglas Rushkoff. <laughs> uh, uh, our last best hope for peeps. I always think he mumbles that. <laughs> <laughs> that pun. Um, um, anyway, my um, on the subject of unlimited growth, my daughter mm. has some wise words on this subject because I always mm. go, right, you have to go to bed now because that's when you grow when you're asleep. That's when your brain grows. That's when you grow. Okay, I do yeah. want to grow, but I don't want to grow. She said, but she said, I don't want to be a giant because then people <laughs> yeah. will be afraid of me. Exactly. <laughs> so well, you know, and that's what happens. Isn't that's it? what happens if you keep growing that's... indefinitely. You know, you become, become a, giant, a giant, and people no become afraid of you. <laughs> they try and like stab your little ankles and stuff. Whereas if you just stayed the same size as us, then we'd like we'd try and be friends with you. Yeah, exactly. and get to paragraph two of this blog post <laughs> I, would, I would say that all that one of the main things you're making me think about is how important the that sort of you know getting involved in thing like things like that think nation poverty project yeah. and stuff like that like it, it's just so hard when while people why should somebody who's already not got enough take responsibility for this shit this shit storm that's coming oh yeah 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 that that one of the replies to that tweet that you you shared the other day from the eu person what was that tweet someone was like what sort of person would do this without having any kind of plan and then someone was like well the same sort of person that would make the poorest people in society pay for the the financial crisis for yeah, the yeah, yeah, banks yeah. kind of thing the same sort of people yeah. that make the, but the poorest people are already paying for the climate breakdown like mm. they're already people you know, anyway there's also yeah the, the last ones that can afford stilts houses <laughs> on stilts <laughs> Brighton's going to be full of Canoe, canoes to go to school in yeah they can't afford canoes but I don't want to be glib about poverty but I'll be glib about you know, Climate breakdown. I want to be glib about the climate breakdown. No, I said I don't want to be glib. I can't have. It's like I try. It's like really dark gallows humour. Exactly. It's like we're just like you know. I just finished that David Simon book, Homicide, and all this sort of gallows humour of the homicide detectives, the jokes they make. Um, Paragraph two. So my new mate Delton Chen says. 
Our desire for sustainability is encoded into the names of two emerging schools of economic thought, ecological economics and biophysical economics. But what precisely is the philosophy that can resolve the climate crisis and other man-made calamities? Here I offer, for your consideration, a possible solution to this difficult question. The solution is a new economic hypothesis for long-term, long-run sustainability that is framed on the entropy and mass of carbon in the environment. The solution is called the silver gun hypothesis. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, right, OK, now, Mr Physics... What we yeah. need is for you to say, so all of this sounds lovely until it says it's framed on the entropy and mass of carbon in the environment. OK. What? So <laughs> the mass is, there's a certain amount. The entropy is, it is, where you kind of like lose it over time because it just kind of like dissolves into chaos. So the sort of like amount of useful mass of carbon kind of, over time, we'll just kind of like... So entropy is just the increase of disorder in a system. So like the universe is expanding and will eventually be... A, I don't need to talk about that now, but it's just like you, you stir... It's the simplest way to think about it is you pour some milk into your coffee and stir it. There's no way to ever get that milk back out in its original form. That's entropy. It's now it's it's atoms are all like just intermingled with all the other atoms of the coffee and that's it. And that is time moves. That's why we experience time moving forwards. It's basically what time is, is the, <laughs> the entropy of the universe slowly increasing. And that's why it's work to keep things tidy. I see. Because a room will just naturally become <laughs> more and more disorganised unless you sort of stay on top of it. Right. OK. Um, so if we if we sort of dig into the, the so the silver gun hypothesis is a synthesis of the following four concepts that are based on existing knowledge and experience in biology, thermodynamics, governance, and economics. I like when people synthesize concepts from different fields because it's you know it's something I like doing as well. Well, I it's think easier it's... than thinking of original things. Well, so so <laughs> I think synthesizing is more realistic because mm. any the trouble is those are quite disparate <laughs> disparate fields well, so there uh, let's find let's out see. so concept one concept concept one do you want to read it okay yeah i will <laughs> concept one carbon is the molecular building block of living systems and is a primary factor in climate change for this and other reasons, the world economy should be restructured with a unit of account denominated in carbon mitigation services. Just to add to that, carbon is also awesome. <laughs> it's very cool what you can do with carbon. It can connect to all sorts of... This whole field of chemistries, um, organic chemistries, all different structures that carbon can take. All of our cells and molecules are all mostly carbon with a bit of hydrogen and oxygen, bits and pieces here and there. But carbon, because it's got these four... I don't know if people know... Do people all kind of have this... Right, so carbon has four electrons, which means it can do all sorts of stuff. The other one that has four electrons is silicon. So you can sort of see, like, we can do loads with that. It's a very sort of powerful thing, which is why it's sort of in everything that we care about. So it's like oil is made from, you know, petrochemicals, uh, carbon molecules that used to be, that were put together in the process of life. 
which is obviously quite an interesting thing in itself. And now that now we're sort of extracting all of that work that was done back then biologically. But yeah, carbon's just awesome. So just I uh, just wanted to add that. That's <laughs> great. Yay. Yay for carbon. So carbon Yay. is awesome. And for that reason, it should be turned into money. So what is, what is this unit of account denominated in carbon mitigation services? Yeah, so I think he's... And, like, looking at... I, I saw another I mean, talk and, like, tried to listen to the thing, but carbon mitigation services yeah. is a thing that we've got to get our head around what that means. So, but basically saying, OK, this is the the gold standard, right? Yeah. Of our new thing that we're coming up with here. Yeah. Which I guess hopefully will be explained in points concepts two, three or four. Yeah. So what's two? Uh, the concept two, the entropy of the universe is increasing as described by the second law of thermodynamics. For this and other reasons, the entropy of carbon in the environment should be factored into the assessment of climate policies and economic models. So is that like if the gold standard also had to take into effect that some gold was sort of going missing all the time? Yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of what that means. If like gold sort of went off a little bit over time, just yeah. a little bit on the outside was kind of like just slowly sort of seeping away. Rusting. Yeah, we'd... Uh, we'd yeah, well, that's kind of what's Does happening, it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we got, it's, carbon isn't this fixed quantity resource. It's a resource that, I mean, in terms of access to it, I've always had this kind of idea that the solution to a lot of climate problems would be just... Because carbon is so useful. If we could... I guess, unstir the coffee and get all of those atoms back out well, using sort of nanotech yeah. magic. Like, that I've, would be I've a thing. I've definitely, but, yeah. definitely seen a video, and I, sometimes one doesn't know how made up these... This is the problem with the internet. It's like, mm. you see a video... Anyway, there's definitely some sort of factory, for lack of a better word, that was literally pulling carbon out of the air and turning it into a liquid fuel. So back... So yeah, it's like just what trees do but yeah i yeah but isn't that what we're <laughs> what you're saying like there's a way well, of so, yeah, so isn't of, that yeah. unstirring the coffee because because um, the carbon's there because so we we took some oil out of the out of the earth and we burnt hmm. it and the carbon escaped into the air and now we're and it's mixed up so it's kind hmm. of entropying <laughs> entropied don't know what the verb is here and then <laughs> it will then it then by having a magical air on stirrer you can say right carbon to the left oxygen to the right okay and or whatever other bits there are in so it so there's so that yeah so there's these carbon dioxide molecules that in combination with sunlight and whatever the trees are getting out of the ground is that unstirring the coffee it kind of it's like yeah these it's like these carbon dioxide molecules are just this sort of free floating source of air so yeah like yeah, that's... I'm trying to think why I never sort of saw it in terms of just... Should we just fly... If there was a way to fly trees up into the atmosphere <laughs> to wherever it's the most problems with carbon, I still... Oh, but oh, I God. think what one thing that was interesting... I don't... I really... I will try and find this, but God knows when I saw it. Mm. Um, but it was more that you don't need... So, like, a carbon sink of whatever description, like mm. a factory yeah. like this, doesn't have to be... It's, it doesn't have to be where the problem is. So, like, the Amazon rainforest mm. helps all of us, even mm. though it's not close to all of us. 
You know, it's, it, mm. taking a- carbon out of the atmosphere is a non-geo-specific activity. Mm. Yeah. She says, trying to use a really clever word. So. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I think concept two says, uh, at the moment we think about money, like we, we attach money to the value of gold in theory uh, mm. and gold can never lose, never, never disappear. It always is there in its solid form and mm. you can move it around. And whereas carbon, if we turn that into some sort of value-based system like gold, uh, the problem is that it entropies in a way. So therefore you'd have to factor in the fact that it would uh, slowly think it- disappear. Slight, kind of, yeah, yeah. So, so it's sort of like the opposite of you can't really mint new currency or bitcoins in the same way. No. I think, I guess, with carbon, if it's a finite resource, I think that's what he means. But let's but it's, we push it, yeah. on. It's a finite resource that entropies, so it becomes less over time. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the okay. I think, I think right. that's the point of that. Concept three: risk is the effect of uncertainty on objectives. ISO 2009. And and risk management practices should be used to manage the world economy for long-run sustainability. So so uncertainty in a way, we could connect that to entropy, but also we can connect it to the general truth that we can't make any predictions about anything but an equal and i think what makes the risk and uncertainty around uh climate breakdown uh as identified in that paper from the woman from the from the bank of england it's Mm. that sort of that the uncertainty is becoming is more rampant because there is there's an acceptance that there are certain tipping point events possible Mm. so it's not just like the melting of the polar ice caps and the you know no longer the 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 sea wouldn't the the white surface on the planet wouldn't exist the sea would get warm we don't know Mm. what affects that there was someone at some i read another one there's a few of these potential tipping points so the uncertainty is quite dramatic in Mm. this unlike other other uncertainty measuring that, I don't know, actuaries do on behalf of insurance companies. Uh, the insurance companies are the ones that are really grappling with climate breakdown the most right, right. at the moment. Because they're, they're, they're used to measuring risk. Yeah, and, that's, and they're that's, finding... yeah, they're just betting us all that you know, they're trying to freak us out that something bad's going to happen. Betting us, it will. We're going... No, it won't, and therefore, you know, that's what... Well, we're, we're all kind of intrinsically refusing to take out insurance in a way, which is something I'd quite like to just talk for a little bit because I'm not the most insurance insurance-having person around. Like, a lot of my stuff isn't insured. Yeah. Because I sort of feel like it's better to look after it and just not... Put it at <laughs> risk. Not put it at risk. Yeah. Yeah, Minimise risk, I feel, is a better strategy than kind of just quantifying it and paying an insurance premium or or it's just because i it's just annoying to try and take out insurance especially if you keep having to change the different things that you're insuring but people but yeah insurance is what do you think it's kind of a privilege if you think about it yeah yeah i mean um the the concept of like buildings insurance in croatia doesn't really exist like it does here 
Because mm. I actually, I, I was talking to my some relatives, I was like, who live in Germany. I was like, do you, is your house insured? Do you have house and buildings insurance? She was like, no. She said, but they are starting to be firms that do it. Mm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, if your house burns down, oh, that's sad. But to make a new one <laughs> when you can. Yeah. But it is one of those things that you do sort of have to make people... So car insurance as well. Like you're yeah. not allowed to drive a car that's not insured. Like, it is one of those things that the sort of government has to set the rules and sort of force everyone to do. Because on one hand, everyone knows they sort of... They kind of know they should. Yeah. I kind of know I should have more insurance than I've got. But at the same time, it's like... It's just this extra expense and admin... But that it's hard to find I, I, the yeah, I, motivation to do because it's like, well, I can't see any threats immediately, so why would I take out insurance against them? Well, I, I think that I don't, you know, I think I've had conversations with banks when they phone you up and they go, oh, we're, you know, we're flogging some insurance. And I go, and I will say, look, I'm not really the betting type. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't want all this insurance. Like, it does, and there is a concept of self-insuring like if you if you are worried because you can buy things like critical illness insurance like if you mm. get diagnosed with a thing then you get a load of money you know there are other ways to prepare for that eventuality like pet insurance having a savings account for mm. like you know kind of understanding approximately what the risks are and therefore putting some money aside i think with things like car driving the problem is that you could hurt somebody else. It's more, I think, about yeah, yeah. injury of human than it is about injury to material stuff. Like, if I accidentally hurt somebody, there's no way I could work for the rest of my life. I would not be able to afford to support them. Mm. So I think it's slightly it's more like, you know... Yeah, but, but certainly, you know, sort of state-mandated insurance is exists for a reason yes that kind of we don't always feel like doing it no 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 no, <laughs> we'll get no. around to it but but this sort of the insurance world and how it its view they i think the insurance world is far too quiet on the subject of climate breakdown mm. because there are now some houses like there are some flood areas that like the the insurance companies are refusing to do basement insurance in certain flooding areas areas prone to flooding and it's like mm. and actually because the insurance business is is this sort of like understanding of risk you have to be very clever to be an actuary and do all that mon that that all those sums <laughs> so they can't mm. they actually have probably quite a good idea of what the risks are um mm. and i don't think they're vocal enough Concept four. Uh, money is the primary money. tool. <laughs> to learn about money, refer to episodes. <laughs> yeah. That was very ranty when we talked about money. Anyway, concept four. Money is the primary tool for standardising value in the economy. And so new monetary systems called service money should be used to protect natural capital finance socially and ecologically regenerative services and fundamentally alter the context of value in economics. So, new monetary system called service money. He uses the term natural capital, which we covered a little bit earlier, but yeah. natural capital being just what we've got in the environment, our, you know, our ecosystem. Yeah. Um. Socially and ecologically regenerative services. 
I, yeah, I think I think that is quite critical because what at the moment a lot of the models to hide the wealth disparity or to deal with it is to create gated communities and mm. and you know the, the just basically sets of people living in the same city the same planet you know the same country the same planet mm. are existing in parallel lives not not sharing services not sharing uh lifestyles not sharing anything and i think that sort of that the socially regenerative is as important as because it, it you i don't think you can divorce the two you can't say we're going to fix we're going to make things ecologically regenerative ecologically sustainable but not address massive disparity in society i don't think mm. you know yeah and um and then i i that from another talk that he did i found one with some slides um the uh the context of value in economics he talks about but there's this diagram. So looking at this general system theory, I think the old one is this neoclassical economy, socially framed, and biophysical economy. <laughs> Music break. Biophysical economy, thermodynamically framed. So the idea that... Is that the whole thing? Yeah. No, that's one one view of it, but just like that, the, currently the value is that red bit under the line, and he sort of wants to bring in that renewable economy service money with carbon as units of service money, being this new above the line. This is where it just like confuses the heck out of me. Um, but the, so so we c you can spend this service money to protect the eco stuff and the social stuff mm. so someone's so do people so you can spend the other kind of money still but we've added this other this new kind of money that called service money that you can you're only allowed to spend on oh, but isn't regenerative that, isn't stuff it that you only earn it by doing regenerative stuff mm. but it says that you can that it, it can be used to protect natural capital, finance finance things, and to basically kind of provide a new context for what value means. Um, but I still don't quite see what the, the idea is. <laughs> so, but yeah, but he's talking what about you earn like money. So, so in yeah. the next bit, he goes, at the heart mm. of the silver gun hypothesis is a claim that carbon taxes and cap and trade schemes are insufficient for managing climate risk. Okay. So, for a start, yeah. carbon taxes, not even sure I've got a good internal understanding of that, and cap and trade schemes, I need to Google. But, like, so the, the, but the, the carbon taxes, we've all agreed that we're going to limit carbon emissions, and if we go over, we pay. Yeah, we someone. get There's a punitive, there's, it's, a, it's a, you get punished for bad behaviour. Whereas but who, who does the money go to and what does it get spent on? I don't know. <laughs> I think it just goes into normal taxes, doesn't it? Right, <laughs> right. So whoever... I think it's just a normal taxation system, but that has, mm. like, gets collected. I don't even know. And I'm not, <laughs> I actually don't know if it's, because he's building up to his next bit. Well, but I don't, I don't want to 
just skim over okay. it because I just want to just make sure we understand every last flipping term in this thing. <laughs> but uh, so carbon is uh, on carbon pricing, uh, carbon tax offers, social and blah, 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 carbon taxes. A number of countries have implemented carbon taxes that are related. Most, I don't know. But just to say like emissions trading or cap and trade is a market-based approach to controlling pollution by providing economic incentives for achieving reductions in the emissions of pollutants. So it's kind of like, well, I don't know what the cap means. Uh, oh, so it says like you can only, yeah, it's kind of what I thought the tax meant, isn't it? Like you're only allowed to do this many emissions and you can trade. In the uh, early noughties, there was a lot of, you know, do you want to offset the carbon emission of your flight by planting a tree? Hmm. Uh, do you want to, you know, that kind of, I, I think the cap and trade schemes are that, but at an industrial scale. Hmm. This and the, the next paragraph explains it on Wikipedia. Actually, a central authority allocates or sells a limited number of permits to discharge specific quantities of a specific pollutant per time period. Polluters are required to hold per permits in amount equal to their emissions. Polluters that want to increase their emissions must buy permits from others willing to willing to sell them. Right. Um, so it's kind of like you've got a trade, and there's a fixed number of these things. And if you want to emit more than you're allowed, then you've got to have a thing and You've then got to use up someone else's i mean you could set up yeah. a thing where for example for every flight like let's say i haven't flown for a year somebody who needs to take a flight could team up with me and say look i need to fly somewhere can i have your flight allowance <laughs> mm. yeah yeah and that's cap and trade yeah so the trade bit yeah. but so we, we think that's not enough yeah that's what um yeah. and this the silver gun hypothesis is a claim that a global carbon reward can improve social cooperation, incentivize mitigation actions, and limit the risk of dangerous to catastrophic climate change. So by your it's like you don't just have to you're getting paid yeah, to do good things. For doing good things. Yeah. Which in a currency that can be spent on good things. Yeah. I guess. I think. I don't know about that second part of the sentence, but that there's there's a way to earn this new money. Um, so, you know, like, you, you know, you have to be playing in this game to earn mm. this new money. Uh, yeah, obviously money doesn't mean anything unless you can spend it. So, but, but it is a positive economy then, isn't it? Yeah. Because people, you can only spend it on good stuff. Yeah, so it's like... Uh, yeah, but I mean, it I mean, if it was, if it was like I don't know, pogs. <laughs> or something. But who's who's got it? So 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 we've so we've minted this currency based on how much carbon there is, and there's now anyone's. I don't know. How we give it out initially. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't. That's the bit maybe that I'm not clear because in in the way I picture I've pictured it now in my head, is mm. let's say I'm the owner of. Uh, this the, the magical factory that takes carbon out of the air and turns it into liquid fuel. Mm. So I'm not simply uh, 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 taking the carbon out. I'm doing something a bit more with it. I'm you know replace making no emission cars now because I'm doing something. So it's better. Um, yeah, I don't know where the money comes from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to the next sentence. The global carbon reward should also be designed to incentivize ecological and social regeneration across the globe. 
Um, the global carbon reward is the financial ammunition of the metaphorical silver gun. <laughs> the financial... Sorry, <laughs> stop doing that now. If, uh, I think um, Delton is probably maybe listening to this, so... <laughs> sorry. Um, the financial ammunition... I mean, oh, the metaphorical. Sorry. I just bullet. thought of something. I'm going to interrupt you because I thought, like, if you, because I'm still trying to work out the funny. So I'm, I'm still a couple of sentences behind. But it's like, so okay, we mint a load of money be- mm. off this carbon, that, the gold standard, which, the carbon standard, yeah, which will entropy. So therefore, we have to, in order to earn it, there's also a time pressure because you've got to mm. earn it all before the carbon <laughs> entropies. So it's like. It, yeah, it, like, maybe there's a time incentive. It's like a, a, an a urgency incentive in this as well. Though I don't know how. Get quick your carbon it. credits now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Limited exactly. time only. Yeah, exactly. Get your service money now <gasps> and use it to buy stuff that makes you feel good. I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm sort of pushing throughout the hope that I will understand what's going on okay, as go I on. keep reading. The final, I mean, the metaphorical bullets will be offered. To market actors everywhere to develop... Right. The bullets will be offered to market actors everywhere. I mean, that's a way of fucking saying something. He needs some plain English people on his fucking blog post. Well, no, and also in the talk as well, I was like, this is so much jargon and I'm sure we can do this in plain English. Yeah, I'm I'm sure sure we we can. can explain this without... And that's why I kind of feel like it's a good opportunity to kind of popularize something yeah. um it's just like let's kind of like i know you're in your sort of academia bubble yeah um but the rest of us are just like w- why <laughs> that like market act it's one of those things the word i know the what those two words but now i'm having to kind of like translate that into business businesses or you know people who've got some money to spend or just anyone that acts within the market and I'm sure it was hard to kind of come up with that wording to make it accurate and concise, yeah. which is the point of long, good words. But then it does just kind of like sometimes that's why it does take us two hours to <laughs> unpick this <laughs> into plain language. Um, but we'll be offered to market actors. So it will be offered by someone um, the, to people the everywhere. Ce- the, to central, develop- the central bank of new money. Yeah. There's the gun. Yeah. We'll fire these metaphorical <laughs> bullets at the actors. And um, these will be then used to develop local solutions to climate change, but within a framework of globally coordinated risk management. Um, I mean, why, why does it have to that? be this fancy new money? What's wrong with just money? Because, the, yeah... I don't know. Uh, and what is a local solution to climate change? Well. This is the whole problem with it. Like how it is, it only really makes sense as a global solution, doesn't it? Well, I mean, going back to that thing that I seem to know, but I don't know how I know, which is the, the carbon, like the projects that uh, deal with carbon, doesn't matter where they are. So if I, so for example, I was, I've been looking about this in terms of Croatia, like Croatia is quite clean energy wise because it's got loads of sunshine mm-hmm. <laughs> and naturally like it's just, it's made sense for it to have clean sources of energy because they use a lot of hydropower, which you could argue there's river pollutant elements. But in terms of 
shoving carbon into the air uh, in a with non-renewables is not what they the emphasis is on. So, but so they're oh, I don't know. I think I'm hungry now. Well, and it's also like we're nearly at the end of the recording, so this is a two-parter already, and we've done like three paragraphs. Uh, but I didn't did just kind of read yeah. it. So let's get to the end of this section of the blog post, okay. which we will link, and you can have a read as well on your, at your leisure. But it does say, why why can't we just use normal money for this? Is the first question that may come to mind is this: How do we finance a global carbon reward without resorting to higher taxes and tighter fiscal policies? The answer is that no direct taxes or tightening of fiscal budgets is needed because a parallel currency can be used to fully finance the global carbon reward. So it's like we're not going to use that money. We're going to use this other money and we're going to make it. So it's not going to affect taxes, but it's just this new thing that you can earn. Yeah. Yeah, I get I, I, I understand that. That it's like still doesn't necessarily. It still it, doesn't does it? really answer the question because it's like okay, so let's say uh, my local island. I'm on an island in Croatia, and we've decided we're going to create a uh, solar power thing that everyone can like a cooperative solar station. I don't know. Yeah. And so it's like, local. That's our local climate, climate thing solution. And yeah. we are going to have to buy some solar panels in order to do that. Uh, had like the solar panel manufacturing company may want, may want actual cash rather than magic beans. Well, the the assumption is here, I suppose, that the solar panel company will take this other currency as payment, yeah. and that you've got these because we've kind of minted this currency for this purpose, and that the fact that they're in that ecosystem of exchange. I had this, you know, I had this like to have a kind of local currency or a different currency that everyone buys into, you have to have a sort of gamut of professions who will yeah, yeah, yeah. accept that currency. But once you've got enough, you've got enough internal people exchanging with each other that can do different things that it can be sustainable. I mean, so, yeah, inadvertently yeah. you are creating a tax benefit to this because if the current taxation system ex exists to tax current money as a business... If I'm dealing in magic beans or silver bullets, uh, the the taxation the current taxation system has no means of taxing me. Or do they? Mm. No. Well, so is that I a side benefit that because I'm not because I potentially it, yeah. from from the ta HMRC's point of view, one of the things that they find most frustrating is that sort of what they call the grey economy, where you know I help you with some user research you write me some code mm. uh, and we've we've exchanged value without exchanging money and mm. they can't tax that so they already don't like that hmm so but yeah does so that the matter question we have, yeah no I, well i think um yeah it probably does it's kind of going over my head a bit as i try and think about my my the kind of the way i'm going in my thinking on this is like how many Who's taking this currency? Who's using this currency? How many people? Is it like if you can just get people to shift, you know, just to shift from some. So I suppose the idea is some stuff. It's almost like you want to spend this new one as much as you can 
Yeah. So you want to do as much like, okay, I want to, I'm going to get my solar panels from these. I'm going to get my legal advice from this company that takes this currency because that you know yeah, they, yeah, yeah. it's it's something good. There is a value judgment here at some point as to whether this is you know meets the um, the, the 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 standards of protecting natural capital um, and is financially is is socially or ecologically regenerative, but. Like if a law firm can take this currency, and if a, I don't know, university, I don't, I don't but yeah. certainly like, can I pay? Probably, I don't know if you can pay your rent in it, unless it's a fancy tree. I don't know. Um, there's, but then you sort of, it's almost like you want to use it as much as possible. But then there's some stuff like you to buy your petrol, you kind of got to just use fiat currency. You got to use your normal money for that, and um, so that's a bit annoying. But wherever you can you'll try and spend this this other currency because yeah. then you don't have to spend your kind of dirty money you don't have to spend yeah, yeah, your yeah, yeah. and as he puts it like yeah dirty growth paragraph well we've read one section of a blog post today and that's taken us two hours I've read an int the introduction the introduction to something <laughs> so um i guess and also i'm going to talk to the guy that wrote this because he got back to my whatsapp so that's kind of awesome and um see if i i think this is if we think about this in terms of local currency that might be a good way yeah, to I think it explain might be a local it model yeah and then just how do we police that the stuff is ecologically viable and beneficial? And, and, and is that know. where he thinks, or you, or that like the, the sort of the Bitcoin model comes in? Yeah. So he does talk about the implementation being a cryptocurrency based thing. So I like Sorry, I need to Bitcoin. kind of like listen to the whole, the whole thing again, <laughs> read it up a bit more, and uh, especially if I'm going to talk to him now and actually maybe try and make something because I, I suggested that maybe I'd make a blank state video for it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because it sounds like the right sort of thing. Yeah, it does. Um, and plus, I finally get to because th I've been looking for like I've been like I need to do an environmental one because I feel I don't want to be like going I don't want to be diverging from your stuff because i noticed that i haven't thought about any kind of equality based stuff in my blank state thinking yet at all but it sort of goes without saying that it's going to be illegal to pay women less for the same yeah, job yeah. 
doesn't it? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> just, some of this stuff, like we've said, like it's sort of too obvious. Like, that I, I was I was thinking. I did have a little think about how you'd how you'd sort of create an ecosystem that made that happen. But that's for another day. Yeah, listener. But I think next week we're probably going to have to dig back into this a bit deeper. But what? please, please do. Like, if you can have a read of this and tweet at us and like let us know what your thoughts are on it, then next week we'll have a few. Like, we'll read it. You know, if you've got, if we've got, if we've completely missed the point on any of this, or if you kind of understand it a different way, just tweet at us, and um, we'll we'll that uh, blank state. What's it? Sorry, um, at podcast grand. <laughs> um, just tweet at us or email us hello at grandpodcast.com and um, help us untangle this. <laughs> we'll try and we'll see if we think it's viable. Or, uh, but either way, in the same way as what if you if your taxes were all transparent, and you could see exactly where they went, is a good thought experiment. I think if we can just kind of like visualize this, because Delton obviously believes this is a viable idea and has put some thought into it, that it's certainly something worth discussing and getting people, you know, and maybe it is a, a silver, not bullet, gun. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much. That was... <laughs> I hope that was productive. Um, if you like the podcast, go to grandpodcast.com. You can email us, hello at grandpodcast.com. And you, where can people find you, Ivanka? People can find me at Ivanka on Twitter. And you can find me at michaelforestmusic.com. Why would they want to do that? <laughs> I don't be... know about this. <laughs> what would be I really music. And I do all the music. And Ivanka was supposed to say how awesome it was every week, but she doesn't really care about doing that. So whatever, I'll just kind of struggle along. To be honest, like the music.com thing, I'm enjoying my YouTube productions, but it's I think I'm seeing music more as an element of a wider thing now. So blankstate.org is the next place. Um, And yeah, what can people do, as you were about to say? What would help us enormously would be if you listened... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gave us some feedback also did some reviews online that would be lovely tell your friends tell your friends mainly yeah tell your friends just to say to your friends we've been listening to this podcast I think it's good but I'm not really sure they might be talking shit can you what do you think uh, that kind of thing and that's it really and yeah reviews on iTunes I did look at the iTunes reviews last week and I have to say I don't, I don't really think there have been any recent I think I had seen them all and there's still that one there that says, it's really nice. Ivanka's so nice to listen to. Took me a while longer to warm up to Michael. <laughs> so and this is why I don't read reviews, because it's good for my <laughs> ego or self-esteem. It's me. <laughs> well, hey, they said that they didn't really like me to start with. Um, well, that's because so they know nice, me. I oh, was it? I don't know who that person was. They are people who, who know me. Yeah, OK, fine, fine. fine so, of fine. course, they love listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Or, or they sit there going, oh, God, it's Ivanka doing an Ivanka again. God help us. <laughs> That's why I live in fear of people just going, oh, God, she's at it again. I, but I don't live in fear it. of it. It's just like, uh, then switch you it do. off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I mean, even podcasts I really love. Mm. I have a day where I'm like, I'm not, not today, Deborah. 
I'm mm. sorry. Yeah. No, I'm not in a mood it's for true. you. So, no. And I still haven't got into your team human, dude. I started... Oh, I keep, I've, I've had a go... I just... So it's on back mood. If you're in the mood to listen to us, please listen to us a lot and tell people. Yeah, yeah. When you're binging, binge away. Um, Hashtag team human. Hashtag guilty feminist. Um, Come and get one of our mugs. Oh, mugs. Get one of our lovely mugs. They're very nice. Yes, they are. No, no, my point being, just do do have a look at the show notes because we do... It is a, a thing I do do every time. Uh, because I think it's important that we cite our references in order to be, um, what's the word? Not fake news. Not fake news. It's <laughs> the zeitgeisty way of putting it. Um, we're, we're sort of linking to where we come from, and you can, so thus, you can draw your own conclusions about the things we're saying, can't you? Or, like, tell us if we missed the point. Um but also just like have a look, dig deeper, and then you know hopefully go to the you know get a mug, get a support us on Patreon. We haven't set it up, but it's going to be great. What? <laughs> anyway, um, thanks for listening, listener, <laughs> and we'll see you next week for more, more fun, silver gun hypothesis, <laughs> for more saving saving the world economic models, <laughs> gun metaphors, holding it sideways. Bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> bye. That was me shooting myself. Oh dear. I'm tired.